Okay, everybody, welcome. This is the Shreddy Hour show, pre-show actually. I'm going to be on tonight. This is what I'm going to be saying tonight, Thursday, Parshas Vayetze, 2020, Thanksgiving. And what I want to talk about, of course, let's talk about the Parsha. Of course, people love the Parsha. And I want to talk. No, Shmelki, I'm sorry you can't disturb me when I'm giving my show. You know, I only give my show once a week. I want to do it. Well, you're not going to do it. I don't let. I am letting. Well, I don't care if you're letting. What about me? Well, Beryl, not this week. Maybe next week. What about me? Nope. Sorry, not this week. Uh, okay. Um, what are we talking about? As I said, we're going to talk about Parshas Vayetze. Oh, yum. I love Parshas Vayetze. You love Parshas Vayetze? What's your favorite thing about Parshas Vayetze? Whoa, Vayetze has the ladder. <laughs> Coming up. You know you can learn a major lesson from that. Oh, what's that, Beryl? You can learn a major lesson. I'm listening. So the major lesson you can learn from Parshas Vayetze is... Yeah? Always to try to go up, never to go down. <laughs> and what's another lesson you can learn from that ladder? Um, that every time we go up, we should always try to go higher. Okay. Smokey, what do you say? Uh, I say... Let's don't do the parasha. Hmm. Well, what do you say about the ladder? The ladder was very nice. It was big. Where did they able to afford such a ladder? Uh, where were they able to afford such a ladder? Um, I don't think it was a physical ladder that people were able to see. It was more like a dream. Sweet dreams. Um, that is correct. That's exactly what I'm going to be telling a story about. Did you read my story, Schmelke? No. So, how did you know my story smelled these weak dreams? Okay, let's start. Well, let's start the story. Help! Help me! Help me! Avi's father heard the screaming coming from his room. Coming from Avi's bedroom. He burst in the door. Oh my goodness, Avi! What's going on? Are you okay? What's happening? Are you feeling well? Is something hurting you? No. No. My gosh. Ah, ah, ah. Where am I? What is happening? I was in terrible dream. You're what? I was in terrible danger. You were in terrible danger? Yeah. I, I cried out for help. And, and I woke up. My, my. Avi, Avi. Calm down. Calm down, Avi. It was only a dream. Baruch Hashem, Abba. Oh my gosh. But that dream. That dream is so frightening. It was so scary. Well, I can just imagine. I've had a few nightmares in the past, said Avi's father. However, I followed a piece of advice and they stopped. What was the advice, Abba? Avi asked. It actually comes from the Parsha Hashvua. This week's Parsha, we learn. Yeah. That Yaakov went up the ladder. But before we say that, about the Malachim going up the ladder, 
Let's talk about Rabbi Yonison Aishis, who has a fascinating type of art on the Pesach, which says that Yaakov awakened from his shluf. You mean from his sleep? Same difference. Anyways, he had been dreaming. Yaakov was dreaming about a ladder with Malachim going up and down. And the Medrash says, the Medrash interprets it, says it as the dream. The dream. As saying of Arba Gullis, the four Gullis. And one would say, this is a terrible dream. However, here's another Medrash that says that uh, could not have been a bad dream. Why not, Abba? Abba asked. Because Yaakov Elinu learned Torah before he went to sleep. And the Pesach says that Yaakov, that Yaakov woke up from his slumber. And the word sleep is Mishanoso. And the measure says that Rav Yochanan added the letter Mem. Therefore, to read the letter what was the word? Mimish Naso. From his learning. And this learning prevents bad dreams. And what is the source of that, Abba? Well, the Gemara says in Brachis that one who learns Torah and has Yers Hashem before he goes to sleep won't have scary dreams. Wow, that's wonderful! And there's more. I once heard Rav Shimon Pinchas, Rav Shimon Pinchas, say, give, he gave such a good advice. What was his advice? And you should use the hours of sleep productively. Do the tshuva before going to sleep. Before going to sleep, do tshuva. And a few moments of tshuva can turn the sleep into a period of the forgiveness. Wow! And he also said that if you go to sleep thinking about Kasha in the morning, you'll wake up with the turrets. Wow, that's really amazing! And therefore, Avi, my son, take time to learn Torah before you go to sleep. And it's going to help you. And Kindleach, think about this, Kasha's. Think about your Kasha's that you have. What do you think? about as you lay on a pillow. And here's a suggestion that I have for you. Think about Hashem and His Godalus, His bigness, His greatness. Hashem had the Torah, which is so deep. Think about the sugya, about what you learned. Think about the difficult kasha you had. This Torah helps your dreams come good, good dreams, or you won't have a dream. Think about what you did during the day. Did you make mistakes that can be corrected? Do tshuva and follow this advice, Kinloch, and you're always going to wake up in the morning physically refreshed and cleaned. And you may even have the answer to the couches. So, so a good thing to do, I'm telling you, Kinloch, do it. You'll see, you'll see that you'll wake up, you'll wake up in the morning with such a calmness 
unbelievably calm. Let's say another story. Another story. Oh, I see a phone. Yes, my phone fell. I have a good idea, Mikey. Um, what is your idea? Wow! Mikey, what are you doing? I am going to do something that you might enjoy. I might enjoy? Smokey, what is that? Uh, how about that, Mike? Yeah. That's beautiful, Mike. Yes, it is. And, so, let's tell another story. Ready for another story? Are we ready? And here we go, another story on this week's Parsha. So, this story is called The Holy Places. Oh, it was a beautiful morning. Chaim thinks to himself, Hmm, wow, so nice outside. I can't wait to go to the base Knesset to show and thank Hashem for everything that He gave me today, including this beautiful, gorgeous day. It's an unbelievable day. And Chaim reached the door. He opened the door. Aww. Takes a sitter. Starts davening. Goes to seat. Puts on his tefillin. Davens. And says with the Kurei Kavana. And he reaches the beginning of Shemite the whole shul is quiet. Because it's Shmanasri, quiet Shmanasri. So they're all quiet. And he down at the beginning of the first bracha. And it suddenly has a disturbance. Somebody's making noise. A little boy was hungry. And he was eating a bag of potato chips. Potato chips. Potato chips is called potato chips. Yeah, that's why I said, Schmalky. Potato chips. No, potato chips. <laughs> and he looked around and saw the boy eating his crunchy, smelly, delicious, yummy, sweet, unbelievable potato chips. And... But, wait a minute. The boy was doing it in shul. He was doing it in shul. That's not such a good thing to do stuff in shul like that. That's not such a good thing. To eat snack in shul. And it's during quiet monastery. Just think. Wow. During quiet monastery. And your and your friend's child or a friend of yours is eating chips in the middle of the quiet monastery. Think about how noisy that is. And... The boy was munching away through the Shemite Ashray until the bag was empty. He reached up his hands and says, Abba, Omar! Chaim wondered if anyone was able to concentrate after that. And now the Chazan Shemite Ashray. Chazan started repeating it. Two men start talking about the news and the weather. Oh my goodness, and now these two people are speaking about the weather. How am I ever going to concentrate? Chaim said. They're speaking about... Varm Batalem in the Bashul. And the tefillah continues to the end. 
Two men discuss a business meal while are moving to the phone. Chaim finishes his davening, walks toward the door. At the back of the room stand two men, a money changer and his customers. They exchange money and conclude their business inside of the basement. Haknes is the shul. Chaim is wondering what has happened to the Kedusha of this place. And what are you trying to say about the story? Kindleth, Kindleth. I think I just told you a plain story like this. It's not a plain story. Not a plain story. The story I told you has to do with this week's power show. Yaakov became frightened and said, My goodness, this place is none other than the house of Hashem. Har Habayis. The Sefer Eber Amalekh points out that this passage teaches us to fear Kedusha. Yaakov Avinu was in the place where the base on Migdash. They were going to build a base on Migdash there. And the holiest spot in the world was truly an awesome sight which struck fear into his heart. Similarly, we are commanded to put our hearts into our davening. Why? The Eved HaMelech says that the truth of being fair, not for the place. You know why they were scared? You know why Yaakov was scared? Not for the place, but rather for the one who lives there, Hashem. He's the one who commanded us. He's the one who commanded us to respect these places. How, you know, you're Hashem. How do we fulfill this mitzvah? When we are in a shul, our speech, thoughts, and all actions that we do should always be with your Shemaim. We have to think. We always have to think. Only Kedusha, discussing the news, or any other type of stuff, Devarim Patel, conducting businesses as usher. Not only does it make it less halig, it also lowers your madriga. A top expert on education once commented that a child who is too young to understand what a base shul is shouldn't be brought. He will treat it like any other place and behave like a child. And in addition to disturbing the people who are davening, he also lowers the shul. And worse than that, he mistakenly learns from the earliest age that the shul is a place to relax, play, and eat. This is definitely the wrong attitude to begin with. Kindleth. Hashem dwells. Hashem lives in the shuls. And... As bad as you think it is to go to shul, it's such a big privilege. It's a really huge, tremendous privilege. Your father will let you go when you're old enough to appreciate the halig nice. And when you enter the shul, you will feel Hashem's presence over there. And you're going to act differently. This is a place where the Shekhinah lives. How big is this place? How awesome. 
this is this is the place where Hashem is, and that's what I'm trying to say right now. That shul, shul is not to be treated like okay, it's shul. Shul is a place where we learn, where we daven, where we uh, say kedusha stuff, a good halacha vart, a good vartira. That's what shul is about. Not about, not about playing, not about relaxing, not about reading. Goyesha books, Goyesha magazines. Nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. Shul is a holy place. A place. Place where Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit lives on. Especially in our times. Our times, we're going through tremendous. And we, we don't. We don't feel Hashem is here. We don't feel it. We don't feel that Hashem is here. And uh, it's sad that we don't feel it. It's sad. But, Lamaisa, Hashem is there. He is there. Not all the time we see his where he is. You don't see Hashem all the time. But Lamaisa, Hashem, he's there. You don't see him. But if you look really hard, if you look really hard, you'll see Hashem. And you'll be with Masliach and seeing Hashem. Hashem is not something you see. It's rather something, it's a, it's a thing that you feel. And going to shul, it's a privilege. And believe it or not, it's such a big privilege. Such a big privilege. You can, why would you want to give away such a big privilege? Why would you want to throw it out? Such a nice privilege. Such a privilege of going to shul. Just think about it. Think about the fact that you go to shul. And going to shul is not, is not as I said before, it's a, a privilege. You think uh, people go to shul because they want to party? Oh, nobody wants to party. Not at all. You don't want to party. We go to shul. You know why we go to shul? As I said, Davin. Anyways, anyways, of course. Of course, during, when we go to shul, when we go to shul, you should always treat it with covered. Treat it with a covered. Imagine you're standing in front of a king. 
Would you be talking to Schmelke? Would you be talking to Schmerl? Or would you just not talk at all? I tell you what, if I would be in front of a king, I would not say a word. Too scared to say a word. How can I say a word? How can I say anything? I'm in front of Hashem. And that's what we have to think. When we're in front of Hashem, when you're in front of Hashem, you don't do stuff that are going to be disgraceful. Be not covered for Hashem. We have to do stuff that are only that we enjoy. But we also have to do stuff Hashem wants us to do. We have to do Hashem's order, not our, right? It's not only our house. Hashem lives there, so to speak. Anyways, you want another story. So let's tell another story. This story is going to be about G'daylem, Sadiqim. Hopefully you get something out of this. Great G'daylem that lived. There's great G'daylem. Let's tell the story of Rav Yosef Yitzchak. Rav Yosef Yitzchak Rav Yosef Yitzchak who was a uh, gadol and it was told, the story is actually said by the Lubavitcher Rebbe Rav Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson So here we go. It's during Rav Yosef Yitzchak's younger years when the Tsars ruled Russia. There were Tsars. That's a Tsar. A Tsar is like a king. Like a king, you're ruling. There was a new decree against the Yish community. And it was going to come out to take away some stuff in Yiddishkeit. The fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rav Shalom Dov Ber, to, uh, told his son, told his son, go to the Russian capital of Petersburg and prevent this gazeta. And Rav Yosef Yitzchak asked how long he was to stay in Petersburg with Rebbe. His father, the Rebbe, replied, to the point of when you're going to have to you're going to be Mikadu Shev Shamayim. And Rav Yosef Yitzchak left to Petersburg. And he learned that the decree reached the desk of Stolpin, the minister of Russia, the most powerful man in the Russian Empire, the Tsar's intelligent, made him a rubber stamp. For whichever the minister favored. Well, at that time, 
Cesar was led by the nose of the interior minister Stoplin, a heartless tyrant, a person who hated Yidden. Devastating pogroms which were arranged for the Yidden in Russia in those years. And living in Petersburg was an elderly, elderly Tamachacham, a teacher, a mentor. Rav Yosef Yitzchak succeeded in befriending this person. He became a friend of this person and was greatly impressed by the scope and the death of this young Chassid's knowledge, this old tzaddik. One day Rav Yitzchak told his friend the purpose of his stay in Petersburg and pleaded with him pleaded with him that please please the old scholar said to him that the Tamachacham said to repeat speak with him would be useless the man is cruel and I already took away all my contact with this creature but you could do is like this because my status as Dublin's mentor I've been granted a permanent pass in the office of the ministry. I don't want to explain to you the consequences for both of us if you are found out and get caught. But I've come to respect you and what you stand for, and I'm going to help you. Your voice of Yitzchak presented the pass to the minister, the guard on duty was, oh my goodness, only a few of them have it, and here stands the young chassid, but the pass was in order, so he let him in. Rav Yosef Chitzchak went into the building, proceeded to look for the office of Stoplin. And those he asked for directions could only stare at a strange sight. And he located the minister's office at the far end of a commanding hallway on the fourth floor of a building. As Rav Yosef Yitzchak walked towards the office, the door opened and Stoplin himself walked out and closed the door. The Rebbe's son and the interior minister passed within a few feet. Rav Yosef Yitzchak made it straight for the office, opened the door and walked in. And after a quick look, Rav Yosef Yitzchak located the documents that had the decree on the desk sat two ink stamps bearing the words approved or rejected. Quickly, Rev. Yosef Yitzchok stamped the word rejected and took the peppers into a pile of rejected documents which sat in a tray and closed the door. And that's how he saved, Rev. Yosef Yitzchok Schneerson saved the community at that time. Wow, such a good story great story. 
Unbelievable stories. Any more stories? What do you have next? What do I have next? Yeah. We have next some great story. Well, as you know, I always love speaking about Parsha. Parsha is such a good thing to talk about. And I always like talking about Parsha. So this is Parsha, you see Yaakov going up. I mean, not obviously not Yaakov, but you see this is Parsha, the Malachim, they're going up, they're going down. Going up and down. They're going right. Nope, not going right. Going left. They're not going left. Stop it, Maishi. No, 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 they don't go left. They don't go right. They went, uh, what did they do? What did they do? You tell me. Shmelke, what did they do? Um, they, uh, the Chachamim went up and down. Not the Chachamim went up and down. The Malachim went up and down. Malachim went up and down? That's right. Wow. Oh, what did they do? What did the Malachim do? I hope they didn't hurt anybody. Oh, no. Of course not. Of course. Why would they hurt somebody? So what did they do? So they went up and down. And going up and down the ladder oh, was great. Fantastic. How many things can we know about Parshas Vayetze? Anyway. Are we done yet? No, not yet. Almost. Almost. So, anyways. Parsha Vayetze, as I said. As I said about Parsha Vayetze. That talks about ladder. As well, Yaakov arrived to meet. Who does he meet? Rachel. He met Rachel. And Rachel and Leah are sisters. What does Yaakov do? Yaakov's working there 14 years. 14 years, think about 14 years of labor, slaving away, being slave. Just imagine 14 years of slavery, let alone with an evil man like Lavan. Right, Lavan wasn't the best person that you would want to be a slave for, or to do work for. He probably made him do dirty work. Probably made him do work that was ridiculously unhumanity. Anyways, seven years pass, and a trick comes through. A trick comes through. And what happens next? That love and tricks Yaakov. <laughs> says, <laughs> Oh, do I got a good trick for Yaakov. <laughs> and lo and behold, Yaakov is fooled. On, uh, but he knew Yaakov, he knew Lovan was going to fool him. He knew Lovan was going to fool him. Wasn't he wasn't daffy that he's not going to think that Lovin's gonna fool him and he thought of a plan. His plan was this plan 
was a great plan. A wonderful plan. Fantastic plan. His plan was, if Lavan gives me Rachel, good. She'll know the secret code of what I'm going to tell her. And if Lavan fools me, I'll be able to know that it's not Rachel. What did Rachel do? Rachel said to herself, my goodness, what am I going to do? Leah's going to be embarrassed. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? That, uh, that I should, that I should, uh, let my sister be embarrassed. This is what we learn from so you learn from the from Sadekas of Rachel and the Tzidkas of Rachel. Leah officially was supposed to marry Esau, but she was dominating very hard. She doubted. And Shem answered. Shem answered her prayer. Davening. Wasn't easy to daven. Wasn't, uh, you know, in those times they didn't have Siddurim. They didn't have the stuff that you needed to daven. But Rachel did the most best thing. Leah did the most best thing that a yid could do. Daven. And this is what Hashem wants from us. During troubling times, Davin, Hashem could turn it around. And even if our tefillahs don't get accepted right away, which we hope we, they do, but sometimes Hashem says, no, not right now. Maybe we shouldn't have it right now. The Geula is not ready to come. Or maybe Hashem just decides to test us. Say, hey, you know what? This is a good test. We don't like tests. Right? Nobody likes tests. But Hashem wants to see. Hashem wants to, likes to see when we do stuff. Would we do stuff when we're in trouble times? In times when People say, no, that's against the rule, that is against the rule. And you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't learn Torah. What Hashem wants to see, what would you do? And sometimes that is what Hashem wants to see. And sometimes you have like that, that Hashem is trying to test us. We won't be the first person that Hashem tried testing. Hashem has been testing us many times. Hashem has been testing Klai Yisrael for many years. And hopefully we pass these tests. We can't, we, go, we can't go into a place and not pass the test. Hashem gave us antidotes to the maka of you know, things that are going to make it easy for us. What's the thing that makes it easy for us? There's things that make it easy for us to be a Yid. 
Shem doesn't expect you to know it. Shem doesn't expect you to know everything. As a matter of fact, you don't need to know everything. Shem doesn't want you to know everything. As a matter of fact, if we knew everything, Hashem would say to would say that there's no need to be created. No need to be created if you know everything. And that's what we're trying to bring out in this week's power show. Yaakov went up a ladder. We should go go up. We can fall down. It's okay, right? The Malachim came down. They fell down. The Malachim came down. We learned from the Malachim coming down that falling down is okay, but always try to get back up on your feet. Always try. Always try to do the right thing. Not all the time. Not all the time we'll be successful. But try again. Try. Nothing more than trying. Hashem loves when we try. Hashem, as a matter of fact, the trying for Hashem is a very, very, it's a big thing for Hashem. It's, uh, Hashem loves it. He loves that we're being tested and we're being, uh, we're passing, we're acing the test. Not all the time do we ace tests like that. We don't always ace tests. Hashem says to himself, says that, so happy, so happy, my kids, the children are learning, they're unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable to see all the children learning and that's what Hashem wants from us. That's what Hashem wants from us. We don't have to be the best. Uh, Yankee gets a better mark. Yankee gets a better mark. You know, Hashem doesn't want you to be the, the be the best in the class. Hashem wants you to be the best you can be. Hashem wants you to be the best you can be. And here's some partial questions. Of course, if you know the answer, text it to me, 347-927-3279, 347-927-3279. If you know the answer. This question. What? Was the name of Lavan's wife? Lavan had a wife, and here's the multiple choice. Number one was Lavan's wife Adina. Was it Adidas? Was it Lavana? Was it Mrs. Stevens? That is the question. What was the name of Lovan's wife? And of course, if you know the answer, text it to me, 347-927-3279. Have a great week, everybody. Have an enjoyable, enjoyable night. And make sure, remember, the dreams. The dreams. You want to have good dreams? Make sure you learn. Make sure you study. Make sure you say Tivartaira and you'll have good shluf. The dreams won't be bad. They'll be good dreams. They'll have Malachim going up. Also, there's an interesting thing 
on this parsha. Hashem, um, Yaakov came to this place, and he got scared. Came, he settled himself down, slept, and said, "Oh my goodness, what did I do? I slept in this place. How?" He didn't realize till afterwards. He couldn't believe it, that, and he prepared such a mizbeach. And we learn from Yaakov. Learn from Yaakov. You know, you have to, even if you do something wrong, you can always correct the wrong. You can always learn from the wrong. If you did something wrong, you learn from it. Right there, right? If you got something wrong on the test, I did this mark, next time I'll try harder. Get a better mark. Right? You can't let yourself good let down. That's what Hashem wants from us. Have a great week. Enjoy the night. And of course, make sure you listen to my Friday shows on the DJ Show 1 to 2.30 every Friday. Have a great night and enjoy your week. This is JRU Radio. Bye-bye. So long. So long.